We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. From the capital of the South, this is the Run ATL Podcast. I am Mike Cosentino. My compadre right next to me is Dolomite Dave Martinez. D2 and I are going to take you through this audio journey. We're going to do it a couple of different ways this episode. D2, experimentation was the word of the day as we took to our first ever live taping for this podcast. How cool was that? Very cool. I mean, we actually had a studio audience. We did. You know, so, yes. And, you know, I think, you know, referencing back to you know prior episode about, you know, uh, being uncomfortable, uh, you know, uh, being com- comfortable, being uncomfortable. Sure. This yep. is exactly what this was. Just kind of finding and, you know, expanding our horizon, trying to do things differently. And that's this is exactly what this was. Doing things differently. And first of all, I just want to say thank you. You did all the heavy lifting as it related to being able to do a FaceTime or a Facebook Live. Obviously, you had cables in places you wouldn't have like we're doing now when we're taping for the podcast. You made sure that our feedback Featured conversation could be heard both by those who were in that live studio audience inside our town Brookhaven store, but also now that the quality is good to play this back for everyone who could not be there. You were a rock star. Thank you for all that you did. Of course, it was awesome as well. Brent and Kyle Pease, who were our featured conversation, who were our special guests that evening. What a special duo they are. Yeah, I mean, it's always great to uh, to to uh, you know see them and to speak to them. I mean, they're just very inspiring, and you can tell that you know what they do, they do out of genuine love and support for for what they believe in, and that's just the sport of inclusion, and and that's special. And I mean, I you know people come up to me and like, oh, well, you're inspiring. I'm like, no, no. I'm like, in comparison to what Brent and Kyle do, and 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 all the other individuals that they help out with, and those that push those wheelchairs through the hills of Atlanta. That's inspiring. Those are the people that inspire me. So true. And I had my first opportunity to push Kyle. For those who are not familiar with their story, first place to go back to episode 22. That's when Dave and I had the good fortune of bringing them on the Run ATL podcast for the first time. Also, as you'll hear me reference on the Facebook Live, Kyle Pease foundation.org is not only a great place to learn a lot more about each of them and to see some really, really, really inspirational videos, but also, as we will encourage you genuinely, personally, from both D2 and from me to consider a donation as they make their way on this journey to Kona, Hawaii, please know that you can do that right there on that website. Would love, love, love for you to do so. But this was really cool, D2, because the call-out was, help the Pease brothers get to Kona. You and I, in that episode I just referenced, heard first that they were hoping to get there. I don't know if I think back that they were nearly as confident as what I would like to have them to have been on that date, that it would actually happen. And now that it has, and to have the ability to follow up, not only to see, but to hear in their voices as they address some questions from our audience, how enthusiastic, how genuinely grateful 
they are for this opportunity and for all who have supported them along the way. Super, super cool. And one of the reasons we love doing this so much. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and I think as, uh, you know, as our listeners will, will listen in on it, you know, you know, kind of they're surprised because I don't think that they, they thought when they, you know, when they did uh, the half Ironman in Raleigh, which is in early June, that they were past it, that there was no way that it was going to happen this year. And then as they tell the story of how they found out and then just being completely surprised, but also I think a little bit of that realization is like, oh man, now we got to train. Now we got to get to Kona and that's where they're at, you know, and you know, Brent talks about his training, which is incredible. Um, I mean, I, you know, he says, you know, seven days a week. I couldn't do that. I, it's not something we would recommend most of our listeners to go out and train seven days a week. But he's a coach. He's done this. He's experienced. So, you know, I look forward. I'm excited. I'm going to be by my computer, you know, tracking them, you know, uh, when they race in Kona. Because obviously there's the only way to track, you know, an Ironman is really through your computer because there is no live broadcast of it. You know, there will be some clips and some video. But typically in these broadcasts, they're – focus more on the professional athletes. They're, we're not going to see anything about Brent and Kyle, you know, except we'll just be able to type in their number, you know, and look and kind of see them on a map or kind of where they're at along the course when they hit these checkpoints. So it's really kind of like not knowing until the very end. Uh, New York City Marathon does a better job with it because you can actually pinpoint where they are on the course and their pace and all that. But I'm excited and hopefully they'll be one of the individuals and, and you know, that'll be chosen for the NBC broadcast because NBC, you know, typically around November, December, they do an hour and a half broadcast where they take, you know, this event and they condense it down and they f- focus on the professional athletes, but they focus more so on the everyday individuals, those individuals that have through a charity race or through some hardship that they've overcome have a story to tell. And that's where most people find out about Ironman and, and the races and those challenges and people fall in love with those stories. I hope that they're featured on that because it will give them a platform. It will truly allow other individuals around the country, around the world to know Brent and Kyle and what they're doing. And I'll say it right now, if like if they're not featured, I'm like I'm boycotting Iron Man forever. <laughs> NBC Iron Man, you know, done. Don't yeah. make him do that, NBC. But here's the good news for all of you run ATL listeners. We appreciate you so much. Whether or not NBC ends up with D2's boycott or not, we're going to, again, feature Brent and Kyle Pease. The audio on this will sound different, but D2 did a masterful job of putting it together best he could, given the fact we were in a wide-open facility, lots of background noise. I think you'll appreciate this finished product, but you will not not know all about Brent and Kyle Pease. You've gone to episode 22. Listen to that. You're going to get this conversation. You are hopefully going to take our advice to go to the KylePeaseFoundation.org website. But right after this message, we'll be back. Before we do, know how perfectly timed this is. This episode coming out on Labor Day. Brent and Kyle Pease, for all of you who were there this morning, we're also part of Big Peach Sizzler. It was great to see them there, even though we're taping long before the date itself. Perfectly timed release D2 for this conversation. How much fun was it? Everybody will find out right after this brief message. You've got the right shoe for you, but maybe you're still getting blisters and your feet aren't too happy. The source of your discomfort may be the socks you're wearing. 
Cotton is rotten. You need socks made from synthetic materials that wick away the moisture that can lead to blisters. Big Peach Running Company carries a variety of styles and brands, including Features, Balega, Swiftwick, and Injinji. Every sock is buy three, get one free. Mix and match brands and styles, it doesn't matter. You'll save 25% when you pick up four pairs of socks. Keep your feet happy and stock up on socks at Big Peach Running Company. This actually is the first time we have done this. This is a live taping of the Run ETL podcast. Greetings to everyone on Facebook Live. We are so glad that you joined us this evening from Town Brookhaven. We have two very special guests with us right now and an awesome audience with us that many ran with Brent and Kyle. But this is a follow up, gentlemen, from a conversation we had prior to something that we know now. What we did not know when we taped episode 22 was that you guys were going to be making a trip this October that you had hoped that you would make, that you alluded to on that episode that you guys have been thinking about for over five years. Now on October the 13th, Kona, Hawaii, Ironman, World Championships, and Kyle and Brent Pease. What do y'all think about that? is genuine. It was really, really cool for us to hear that it happened in Raleigh. I know you guys were super excited. We've seen some of the videos. Here's what we can't necessarily do without you telling us in your own words. What was it like when you heard that announcement? When you got your invitation, take us back to the fullest extent that you can to that very moment that you knew you were going to come out. Well, I wanted to get out of the chair. You know, I could finish crying. To get into my everyday chair. So, uh, and we would do the hippie until like an hour later. Wow. It really happened. So, I, it was one of the best news that I have ever heard uh, since we started this journey. And uh, I'm just very excited. It overwhelmed in a very good way to, to be out here with Brent, and uh, we're going to enjoy it. You are going to enjoy it. I am certain you mentioned it as a journey, so how about for you, Brent? What were you thinking when you heard that announcement? Well, the, uh, the irony of it is there was, a, there was a wheelchair at the finish line for the medical staff, and uh, I was a little tired, so instead of worrying about Kyle, I went and sat down in the empty wheelchair. <laughs> um, and they kept calling us, and we knew the guy that was doing the announcing. He actually did a profile on us when we did Ironman Boulder, and so he's a, he's a friend, and he said, hey, we just want to get a quick picture, do you mind? And I was exhausted, and uh, we'd actually got flat at mile 54, we had a little bit of negative energy getting out onto the run, and so it just, and, and even going into the race, we felt like it's June, you know, our window has closed, it's just too late in the year for Ironman to let us into the race. We don't have enough time to train, we don't have enough time to raise money. And you know, so we kind of went there with like, let's just do this because we love this and it's, and it's a chance for us to do it. So we had all these emotions around the weekend. Of, it's just, this is just our race. It's not a, there's no special parade waiting for us to finish. And so they truly caught us off guard and they lined us up for a picture. What I didn't realize is they were filming. And as soon as he started talking, for those of you that have seen the video, I think you can see the reaction happened in my face first that I realized what they were doing. And 
you know, I was, Kyle makes fun of me because I'm a little bit of a crybaby, but um, I was, I was overcome with emotion um, because immediately I had all the memories of, of the years of being told no, of the struggles that we had personally faced just trying to get into the race and, and have that opportunity, and it all came pouring out um, as soon as they started pulling out a golden ticket. Uh, and so it was, it was, pretty, it was a pretty powerful, powerful moment for me to be able to say, that it was that it was worth all the struggles, that it was worth all the hard work um, that we had put in, and, and hearing no a few times made that moment all the more special for us. Well, one of the things that you guys have done, this has not been just about you, not since the onset. And for those of you who have not yet seen the video that Brent just alluded to, and it's obviously something you need to see, KylePsFoundation.org. You can find it there. You can certainly find it on YouTube. One of the things that's been super cool about your journey, and I love that term, Kyle, a journey, because that's what it has been, is you guys have involved so many others. You know that it's not just the two of you. You've had a tremendous amount of support, but just as importantly, you've done so much for so many others. And this is just a continuation of that. You are busy raising awareness, raising funds, raising encouragement, for others with disabilities through sport. There are things that are being done now that quite frankly would have never been done without the two of you. But on some of these training runs, on some of these days that it's just the two of you, now all of a sudden you've got all this sitting on your shoulders. We're doing things like this this evening. You're doing like how many appearances and how many training runs and how many conversations. What is the pressure like now that didn't exist prior to that announcement? Well, um... So the first year that Kyle and I did anything, before there was a foundation, it was just Kyle and I, um, uh, NBC did a profile, they did a three-part series, so it was very cool, we'd never been on the news, you know, we, were, we thought we were, we had made it, we were going to have our fame and fortune, and Kyle went out to dinner with my wife, and he said, you know, I just, I don't like going out anymore, I just feel like people recognize me all the time, <laughs> and uh, it's just really hard, and she looked at him and she said, Kyle, we've been here for over an hour, and nobody has said a word to me. <laughs> I share that because even in the midst of all this, um, everybody's done a really good job of, of showering us with support and attention, but also really keeping us humble and asking questions about what is, what else is coming up next. I mean, we've got six, four events in the next six weeks for the foundation. We've got 19 people doing the Marine Corps Marathon. So I don't know that we've, you know, felt this overwhelming pressure. I think it's been this overwhelming excitement that we get to run towards one of the biggest challenges that we've been waiting for and that we get to share it with so many people um, that have been along the way with us for, for all these years, and that's pretty cool. Just to, just to piggyback off of what Brett did, I think, um, our nervous is that trying to go of ours and we're so excited about this opportunity um, to focus is on the foundation. It will always be on the foundation. And this is more than here, but this is where we do go to. We're going to raise for the Cougars, for the Dales, for everybody that, that has impacted our life. We're going to be out there for them. And if we are doing it for ourselves, then we really need to look at ourselves. And we are going to like a fight and you know, put the attention back on the foundation. 
Well, and you were the one who taught me this expression, where there's a wheel, there's a way. And I know when you think about an expression like that, we can think about what we're hearing right now. Many of the people who joined us this evening are very much athletes themselves. We did a run beforehand. I got the chance to finally, I mentioned in the podcast, that I was going to push you, Kyle. I think it was probably a little bumpy, certainly more bumpy than it would have been if you had your brother behind you. I was a little bit nervous, certainly, with that traffic coming at us on Peachtree. But it was just a small inkling of the training that you guys are doing. I'm going to ask the audience to give us a number of questions, but before I do, and while they're thinking of some of their questions, that wasn't really training because I was going too slow. I'm sure I was going too slow. What kind of training are you guys doing week in and week out, and what does your training regimen look like now that we're in mid-August and then mid-October really isn't that far away? So, uh, uh, wait, train far more, yeah, far more hours uh, than I do. But uh, we, we have really picked up our training and um, I'm out there with Brett for the run and uh, we're, we're going to get on the bike in the next couple of days to really be out in for eight to ten hours. It's, um, it's going to be exciting. So really looking forward to being on the bike. So you're calling the training exciting. I'll just indicate it, Brent, that you're doing a lot more training than he is. What does your routine look like now, week in and week out? Uh, so I'm going seven days a week right now. Um, so 20 to 25 hours a week of training. So it's, it's an extra job at this point. Um, but it's, it's part of the fun. And we've been waiting for this opportunity to be able to push ourselves this hard. Um, so Monday is usually an easy day. So it's 60 minute swim and a 90 minute bike. And then Tuesday, is another 90-minute bike and usually a 60-minute run and some stretching and light strength. And then Wednesday is two and a half on the bike and a 30-minute run and a 60-minute swim and a 20-minute strength. Thursday is 90 minutes on the bike. And, uh, actually, this Thursday I have a double run, so I get a break from 90 on the bike. Uh, so I get to run 90 minutes in the morning and 90 minutes at night. Uh, and then Friday is a swim only. That's my easy day, one swim. Um, and actually, our swim coach, for those of you that know Dynamo, over in Shambly, not too far from here. Um, she's made a habit on Fridays of tying parachutes to my waist, which is actually heavier than Kyle. Um, so we've gotten up with three parachutes. Um, so if you've ever seen the football players running wind sprints, pulling the parachute behind them, it's the same thing in a pool. Um, so one is hard and three is, it's comedic watching me try to pull. <laughs> um, and then the weekend is when I get, to talk, I get the chance to get out there with Kyle. So I'm usually doing five to seven hours on Saturday of training and two to three on Sunday. So. It, but it's, I mean, that's part, like Kyle said, the training is actually sometimes more exciting because it's relaxed. Being out there with, with you guys tonight, running with Mike and letting him push the chair for a little bit and just talking, you know, when the gun goes off, you know, Kyle's told me I get a little intense when we're out there, but I would tell him he gets a little intense um, because there's a, just a different set of pressures that happen. You want to finish, you want to compete. The training, getting yourself ready, watching yourself, you know, slowly improve is a pretty, it's, it's part of what's fun in this process for us. So I have to ask where the fact that there's that play on words where there's a wheel, there's a way. You just said we push ourselves really hard. Is that also another pun that you guys have come up with during all these training hours? <laughs> oh, we got we got to make put down like I can't even I can't even put a put a face on it. But whatever whatever we do to the finish line, that's what we're gonna use. 
And they are going to get to the finish line. I know D2, my co-host on the Run ATL podcast, has already set up the donate button. If you are tuning in to Facebook Live, if you have not already checked out the website, again, KylePeaceFoundation.org. Unapologetically, I am going to encourage you to donate. And audience, I ask you to think about questions that you might have for this dynamic duo. There is nothing they indicated. Nothing is off the record now. So what might you have for them? Let me know with a quick show of hands or even maybe a smile to come your way with the microphone. Does this make you guys nervous, the first question? Yeah. <laughs> so when you guys qualified for Kona, did both of you qualify or did just Kyle qualify? <laughs> Kyle always beats you. This is true. <laughs> So that's, I think that's an indication that, yes, Kyle is the one who qualified, and you decided to take your brother along for the ride. Thank you. All right, who else has a question for one or both of these guys? Oh, so congratulations on the big accomplishment. And I know this is a big accomplishment for not just, you know, you individually, but you know, as two brothers, but what's going to be after I, I probably should have been last, but you know. But I know Iron Man is a, it's a great accomplishment. We'll see the afterwards, though. Yeah. I think that's a, a great question because a lot of times it's like this is what the final chapter? We know better. So I think it's an awesome question. What happens after the finish line at Kona? So I, no, it's a great question. And you know, what we had always hoped was that Kona would be a, a tipping point for the foundation and for the people that are that are running behind us. Um, so you know, we had always talked about that whenever Kona happened, that we wanted to create a platform to raise more money than we've ever raised. And our first year, we raised $7,000. This year, with Kona, we're trying to raise $250,000 for one race. Uh, last year, we had 63 athletes cross finish lines with us. Um, our first race this year, we had 58 athletes competing with us at the Georgia Public Half Marathon. So we really hope that Kona uh, is the opportunity to create that platform and to bring more awareness to what we're doing. Um, I know that Kyle and I certainly, um, so long as we can compete, we want to be able to run alongside Dale and Cougar and the countless other athletes that we compete with. Um, but really, we feel like this is the this is the biggest race we can do today, but what's the biggest race that they can do tomorrow? What's the biggest thing for them? That, that's happening and I think something that we talked about a lot um, that we've learned in the years that we've done this is something happens beyond the finish line and so I think that's also that's the cliche for you but that's the answer it's what's going to happen beyond the finish line at Kona uh, and it's these people behind us um, and what we can and the change that we can impact for them so great question because you said that it's not just about the two of you. I mean, you made very certain about that. So what do you think about afterwards, Kyle? You can't make it um, I, I'm not going to settle because Kona, oh, I won. I won 58 more athletes to public with us. And um, I think it's giving people an opportunity, right, to show them a sense of hope, to show them within the public, all the athletic special and outside the athletic special. That really, if they want to do anything, there's no, there's no stopping them from 
Well, one of the reasons that's such a great question is because for those of you who are like, man, I'd love to run with them. I would love to love run with some of their athletes. It's not going to be over for you to do so by the time we get through October. Absolutely not. They are telling us right now there are going to be plenty of opportunities after October, certainly in 2019. In addition, you guys will be at this year's Big Peach Sizzler on Labor Day. So if you're not here with us this evening and you want to meet these guys, that would be an awesome, awesome time for you to do so. Again, that's on Labor Day, the big peach sizzler. Other questions? Who else has a question? So you swim and then the bike and then the run. So the bike is how many miles? 112. 112. And then I know it's a marathon. So do you do a loop? Like, so you do the and twelve. So my question is, is it a loop? Like, is it, you do it and then in Hawaii? So the great question, and for those of you who are not familiar with either Kona or Ironman, I think this is an important thing to draw out. It not only gives you more understanding about this particular event, I think it shows what amazing endurance athletes these guys are. The bike is 112 miles. That's after a 2.4 mile swim. And of course, for all of the runners out there, it is a full marathon, 26.2 miles. So now let's go to the question. Give us a setup on the course and some of the things that you can kind of expect on this course where the world championships are. So um, it's actually this is this is truly the hardest race that we've ever that we will have ever taken on. Um, and what makes Kona so hard is that it's the condition. So it's it's a lot hotter than here. Um, Ninety one might be a mild day on race day, and then you've got the trade winds coming off both sides of the island. So. Um, and because there's two human beings on the race course, by the time we reach the top of the bike course, the wind will probably have shifted. Um, and so we'll, we'll have the pleasure of riding into the wind or into crosswinds for close to nine hours. So, um, but the bike course, what also makes this particularly hard for us is that you bike to the top of, up to Hobby, and because it's such a popular race and because it's such a big race, um, all the roads are closed. We're spoiled when we go to these races that we have a massive crew that comes with us and they're usually able to just kind of pop around and every 10 miles we get a little bit of energy from them. Um, we'll draw energy from this room, I promise. We'll, we'll think about this night when we're out there on the course and the number of people that have shown that support. But this is gonna be the loneliest we'll ever be on a bike course. And Kyle and I have talked about that. We're, we may be by ourselves for 84 miles and I love him, but we're brothers and uh, <laughs> You know, sometimes things come out in the middle of a race that aren't always the, like, the positive, brotherly love stuff. Sometimes it's very tough. Um, and Kyle says some things that you can't say on Facebook Live. But, uh, but that's, it is a cool bike course. I mean, you get to see some really cool stuff. I mean, Kyle and I biked in Boulder last year, and that's one of the really great experiences. Um, and when you see our bike, Kyle's in the front like a cyclist. Now I'm going a little bit deeper here. And so we want to create that experience so when we do triathlons with other athletes, we want them to see that. We want to bike through horse country in Georgia, take them up to Cartersville and let them see that stuff. And so we get to bike the island of Hawaii, the big island. So that'll be a really cool part um, in addition to all the challenges that will present for us. Great question. Good question, yeah. All right, who's next? Yes, sir. So, Brent, uh, I heard you say that uh, you guys are brothers and that it's not always the the best relationship or maybe you guys kind of disagree at times when you're out there. Can you talk about the New York City marathon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So for those of you who have not heard this story, you are in for a real treat. Please spare us no detail because we did talk about this on episode 22 of the Run ATL podcast, but now we're going to get a chance to let everybody listen in on what was a story that I know inspired D2 and I, and quite frankly had much to do with this evening because we heard of adversity, we heard of conquering such, and we heard of two people saying, you know what, where there is a wheel, there is a way. Who's going to answer this question first? So, um, so I knew what was uh, one of the coolest and one of the hardest days that we have been on in the journey, you know. Um, so it started out as a bucket list thing, uh, but I'm going to go into different areas of the country and stay in hotels and doing iconic races, and uh, New York was one of them, and um, my twin brother lived in New York with his wife, and uh, that that was a very special day. Uh, so we were we we started off going very well, and a mile eight, the wheels started wobbling, and I said, "Hey, brother, we gotta be okay." And again. How can you say no to your little brother? And so Brett said, absolutely. Well, that wobble started getting a lot louder. And at mile 13, we were on pace for about a 3, 3.30 um, marathon finish. And about an hour and 30 into it, my left wheel shattered completely, uh, which left me um, on my side, and Brett picked me up, and we started walking, and we made about 400 feet. And I, <laughs> and I said, no, we'll finish it right five o'clock in the morning at this rate. Um, so we, we pulled over to the side, and um, we went in the medical day, and Brett tried to go, to a bike, to a local bike shop to get the, the bike, I mean the chair fit, and they said uh, it will be two days. And, uh, but we're like, now we, I don't you see my babe, I'm in the marathon right now. Um, so then uh, Brett came back to the, to the tent, and uh, there were great officials there that were getting ready to give us our DNF papers to sign, and uh, Brett said, give us a couple minutes, and we found a way to uh, get back on the road with some rope tied to Brett's shoulder, and we were off. What were, we were doing about seven minute miles, and then it became about 21 minute miles. Uh, and we had help, two great volunteers, uh, gave up their race to help us uh, finish that day. But one of the best stories um, of that day was at mile 19, Brett asked the two volunteers to step away so we could have a brotherly moment. <laughs> and, um, that moment, I remember it saying, um, well, you can quit. But I'm not going to quit. 
and I had that stare in my eye. Um, and Brett took a minute and he said, okay, that's all I needed to hear. And we were off again. So we finished that day at seven hours and 20 something minutes. Um, and it was a testament to um, our love for one another and the journey um, never stop, no matter what the obstacle might be. Awesome, and, and for those of you, there was a little bit of a loaded question over there from the corner from the gentleman in the KPZ shirt. But uh, some of the some of the things that I, I can't say, but I, you know, Kyle said that to me, but then we stopped talking. Um, and there was clearly anger happening between us. And in fact, uh, at mile 23, a friend of Kyle's came up to surprise him, and they came running over and they were taking selfies and they were taking all these pictures, and I had my hat pulled over my eyes because um, I didn't want to be in the pictures because I was so angry at Kyle. And um, we got in the cab afterwards and we said some things that we can't repeat. Uh, but there was a lot of four-letter words thrown at each other. And we got back to the hotel, and I'm sitting there thinking, I have to put him to bed. There's nobody here to help. And Kyle's thinking, you don't have to put me to bed. I don't want to talk to you anymore. So, um, but once we woke up and then we actually finally looked at our phones, we saw all the messages that we were getting from Atlanta and people that we had never heard of um, or hadn't met before telling us how great it was watching. Because um, you can watch that little dot on the New York Marathon Tracker app. And they watched it go from eight minute miles, seven minute miles to a snail's pace, literally calling my wife asking if we were okay, if we were moving. We were, just at, at 21, 22 minutes a mile. So, you know, but that's part of what makes this fun for us because it's not always just a perfect moment out there. And it's those, you know, that race has turned into one of the greatest experiences that we've had together because even amidst all of that, that normal stuff that happened between us, we still figured out a way to stay out there together. And in the end, we were, you know, we were better for it. So they're not all perfect, um, but they're always all perfect. And they're real. And I've got one more question that we're going to do. I will say, for those of you that don't have any context for the speed and whether it's an eight-minute mile or whether it's a 21-minute mile, you guys, for those of us here in Atlanta, you were sub-40 this year at the AJC Peachtree Road Race. So not only is that an impressive accomplishment, for those of you that are thinking, well, what's the normal pace? for these guys. Think about the AJC Peachtree road race course and then think of a sub 40 minute finish. These guys are often, oftentimes traveling much, much faster than a 20 or 20 plus minute mile. This gentleman with the Dynamo Swim Club has a question. Come on up, make it easy for the microphone. <laughs> so you guys have inspired a lot of local Atlanta athletes. I mean, myself and, and a lot of people that run around with you guys. And, and, and I'd just like to hear some of the stories you may get from other athletes from around the country who, who have been inspired by your story, maybe not a local, can't do KPZ events, but have caused them to do other things. So you get letters and stuff from people who talk about some of the, how, how you have inspired them. Who's going to take that one? Oh, I will. Um, I think, I think that's one of the coolest um, things about what we do, is that we get a but we see you, uh, which is the volunteer, and get their perspective on how they survive. I've gotten so many stories about how we have helped people become better parents, to motivate their kids to 
from the cowboy before in their life to even staying to marriage. Uh, I didn't know how much a character was, but uh, <laughs> you know, he even stayed to marriage. So it gets cool that that the volunteers it made them a better racer for their individual event that they do because they have a whole new perspective for the foundation. Um, I'd like to actually indulge you because I think it's a great question. We, we do, we get a lot of really nice messages and um, the, the, for those of you that don't know it, Rick, uh, Rick and Dick Hoyt, the father-son that have been doing this for over 35 years, you know, they certainly inspired us and they were one of the first people we reached out to when we started this journey. And something they told me when we reached out to them seven years ago was that they tried to respond to every single email they got. And that inspired me because we're not world famous. We don't have 35 million Instagram followers, whatever the Kardashians are up to. Um, but we, so we do, we get you know 50 messages, we get 200 messages when we do something like the New York Marathon. I try to respond to all of them. And I got a message from a, uh, a woman that I'd never met and I'll spare you the first paragraph because she just explains that we've never met. And she wrote, as a mom, our son Max has Down syndrome. Ben, our youngest, as they say, is neurotypical. While the world can be mean and hard and challenging, your mother's desires and strength to push Kyle, you and your brother, is inspiring to me. It is our deepest, strongest desire for Max to live the fullest life he can live. This is very daunting as a mom who wants her son with a disability to show everyone that he is just a boy who can do anything with a little help. It is evident that your mom lived this every day of her life and still does. We desire our youngest son, Ben, to want to love, help, care for, include, and inspire his older brother. So thank you to your mom, who was doing what she thought was best, but also helped pave the way for so many others down the line. As a wife, you're married with your own family. I know the amount of time the KP organization takes away from your family. Your wife is a rock to hold it all down, and her love and belief in who you and Kyle is evident. So thank you to her for who is behind the scenes making a huge difference in the disability world. And as a person, the work you have set your heart to is opening doors not only for Kyle, but for so many people. The hours you spend staying fit, making calls, fixing equipment, supporting and loving Kyle is amazing. Thank you for opening doors for so many that cannot open them for themselves. You know, you're an amazing man and we fully support you in all that you are doing. Kim, mom to Max and Ben, wife to mom. It does not get any better than that. We thank you for being part of this special evening. We're not done here at Town Brookhaven, but for those of you who have tuned in to Facebook Live, go back and watch that again. That is how an impact is made. Gentlemen, you guys have meant so much, I know, to Big Peach Running Company, to me, to D2 personally, to this group that is here, and yet you guys are just getting started. I love the term journey, Kyle, and I genuinely, genuinely believe it's been five years to get you guys to come. When you guys get back, another five years will fly by, but it'll be just the beginning of five more after that, and five after that. You guys have so many good years of inspiring so many others. This evening is such a treat for us. Thank you for being part of this and continue to do what you're already doing. As you say,
Fall may seem like it's a couple months away, but training for fall races starts now. As your runs get longer, you'll need additional fuel to power through those long runs and get you across that finish line. Everyone has different needs and tastes, so we recommend that you experiment with different gels, bars, and hydration products to see what works best for you. Stock up and save. Buy 10 or more individual packages and save 10%. Buy a box and save 15%. Club and training groups can combine their discount for additional savings of up to 25% off. Don't be foolish. Come into Big Peach Running Company and stock up so you're long run ready. Welcome back to the Run ATL podcast. That was so cool. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Very cool. I'd like to do that again, D2. Thanks to you. Thanks to Brent and to Kyle. That live podcast with the ability now to share it, do it somewhat differently than what we normally do. I hope we have the good fortune of doing that again. What were your takeaways from that time we spent together with Brent and Kyle at Town Brookhaven? Well, I mean, for me, it was just, you know, in awe of, you know, the training that Brent's doing. I mean, you know, Brent's, you know, I, I, you know I'm curious and I'd be interested to see how fast Brent is, you know, because I know he's fast even with Kyle pushing a, a wheelchair. He said it on, you know, episode 22 yep. that he was running and it was like doing sub six, you know, minute mile in a 10K. So he's fast. I would love to see him just go all out without having to push a wheelchair, you know, on a bike on his own, you know. Uh, because he's a phenomenal athlete and training seven days a week to me is like that's the, uh, you know I know that when I was training I think I did six days I was I gonna say so you say that and you said that at the onset it's a fair statement I don't know how many of us are training seven days a week but you and I have this in common right like Brent and Kyle we are Ironman I don't know what your training routine was I'd love to get a little bit of a, a story or a snapshot from one of your race days one of your training routines tell us about your Iron Man. So, I mean, there's there's so many stories, and you know, I was, I was trying to think of which one to kind of pick. And I think, as far as when it comes to training, it was probably uh, in my lead up to uh, Iron Man Chattanooga. So it was 2014. It was the inaugural year for Iron Man Chattanooga, and I'd signed up, and I was going out and, and training on my own, uh, primarily because for me, there's a mental aspect to these type of endurance type of events. And I think you have to train the mind as much as you train the body. And I was out there on the bike on the actual course. And, you know, I was riding somewhere around 90 to 100 miles on that particular day. And it's a two loop course. And it was hot. It was, you know, training in August when it's 90 plus degrees. Um, and I'm out on the course and start cramping up pretty bad. And I'm on loop one. And I'm thinking, okay, you know what? I could just not do loop two and just go back to the car. I mean, it's 10 miles away. I can make it, you know, and, and just call it a day. And then I thought about it. I was like, would I do that on race day? Would I just call it quits on race day? I said, no. I was like, I got to figure this out. I got to figure out how, do, how am I going to finish? If I'm in the middle of race day, what am I going to do? How am I going to overcome this? And, you know, that's where you start thinking back to your training and everything that you have, have learned or have known or have heard and go, okay, well, if I'm cramping, you know, I need electrolytes, I need sodium. And I go back and I, and, and I had heard stories of individuals of, you know, drinking like a V8 because it's really packed with a lot of sodium and different things. I was like, well, you know what? I was like, you know, knowing full well that when you're doing these long training rides, you should always have cash or bring your debit card with you. And I did. 
So I'm like, I know there's a convenience store up ahead, you know, at the, you know, after I do the turn to loop two. So once I make that turn to start loop two, I'm like, I'm committed. And I found that convenience store and I like grabbed a V8, grabbed some Powerade, you know, and grabbed whatever I needed, pretzels, and took a break and, you know, got refueled and then got on my way and then was able to finish my entire ride. And I think I would have really been disappointed in myself to have quit you know, partially through that ride because it is, you know, it, you have to, when you're in those type of endurance events and an endurance event could be, you know, a marathon, a half marathon, you know, I think, you know, once you start getting past that 10K, I would probably say is it going to be a bit of an endurance, sure. yep. a hundred mile or a 50K. You get a certain point where it's a lot easier for you to just say, yep, I'm going to quit. It's a lot harder for you to say, no, I'm going to push forward, but I'm going to figure this out. And I think that's what we kind of need to do um, to finish these type of events, there's a cer certain uh, state of mind that you have to be in and and you have to train your mind to overcome those obstacles. And I think that goes, for me, those are things that I do on a day-to-day -day basis and in life when things kind of go, you, know, you hit those bumps in life where things doesn't things don't go quite the way you think they would go. Whether Absolutely. It's, you know, it could be, you know, a, a, a loss, you know, family member, relationship. It could be, you know, financial, whatever you're going to hit those bumps in a road. And I think it's that mental state of mind of how to overcome. And that's where I think for me, I'm fascinated by just the endurance athlete and what they can accomplish. And so to go back to Brent and Kyle, that what they're doing to go out to Kona, which is really extreme temperatures. You know, I mean, we're talking, they're going to hit probably a hundred, hundred plus, you know, with the heat on the, on the, on the asphalt, on the bike and on the run, they're probably going to be 110, 115 degrees when they measure the asphalt, you know, temperature. Um, those are pretty extreme conditions to be out there on the bike with headwinds and crosswinds that makes riding a lot more difficult and it's a mental challenge. So for me, I'm like, I'm just in awe of that. That is awesome. I love your expression, figure it out. For Brent and Kyle, it's even more so than the other athletes who will be in Kona when you think about the equipment that Kyle and Brent are using. It's not just figure it out as it relates to electrolytes or your nutrition throughout the day. It's also keeping that chair true, ensuring that the wheels are in a good position, that Kyle is as comfortable as he can be. When I had the good fortune of pushing him at the group run, there are things to take into account in terms of where Brent's arms will be and where the particular settings are on the chair for the run. Certainly the same is true on the bike and for the raft that they will be in uh, connected to. So it is going to be a figure it out kind of day for them. Great advice. We hope every time, like D2 said, whether it's on your race day or whether it is every single day, something comes your way unexpected or perhaps a bit challenging. You will take that guidance he just gave us to figure it out. And it is advice like that that will hopefully help us ensure you will keep coming back because D2 in just two weeks will be back for the Run ATL podcast. Appreciate you again for what you did for the Facebook Live for this particular podcast. Next time we'll be back to our traditional standard. We'll have our featured conversation in studio. We'll look forward to talking to you then. Until then, may your best miles be those covered on foot. Thank you.